0: I am continuing our focus on ending human inequality. My text is taken from the New Testament story in the Gospel of Luke, that is commonly referred to as the story of the rich man and Lazarus. There are two important paragraphs that tell the whole story. The first is the opening paragraph, which reads, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, linen and lived in luxury every day at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table even the dogs came and licked the sores and the second paragraph is this To us this story carries a pivotal theme of the Gospels which is the theme of reversal in the Gospels and Luke is a primary exponent of this the fate in this life will be reversed in the next life will be reversed because of the coming of the Messiah and in the Messianic age it is Mary the mother of Jesus in the Magnificat the hymn of celebration that Luke places on her lips at the birth of Jesus, who says, He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their throne, but has lifted up the humble. This story about the rich man and the beggar is is essentially about the reversal of fortune that is inaugurated and completed when the Messiah comes. The story uses a scene with which we are all regularly acquainted, of a rich man with a beggar at his gate. In fact, there is a view of human reality that takes for granted that this is how God has ordered things. The rich man in his castle and the poor man at his gate, he made them high and lowly, he ordered their estate. Far from taking it for granted, this story holds the rich man accountable for the plight of and the neglect of the beggar at his gate. The implication of the story is that because of how things were in this life where the rich man had his good things is precisely why things were as they are in the next life when he was in torment and Lazarus was in comfort at Abraham's side. In fact, towards the end of the story, the rich man asked asked Abraham to send one from the dead to go and warn his brothers and sisters, ostensibly that they may change their conduct before it is too late. It does not say precisely about what his siblings should be warned. We are left to fill in the blanks and that life imposes on us a duty For the person at our gate, whose sores dogs are licking and who are longing to eat the crumbs that fall from our table. We must treat them well every day in every way and without delay before the roles are reversed when we are the ones longing for them to dip their finger in a cup of water and cool our tongues therefore there is a demand placed on us to pursue a way of life that requires us to protect the dignity and to secure the welfare and well-being of our neighbor in need one of the things that is striking in this story is that the rich man never addresses lazarus directly he spoke to him through father abraham and he spoke about him without speaking with him It is not hard to imagine that though Lazarus occupied a space at the gate of the rich man and he passed him on the way in and on the way out, Lazarus was for all intent and purposes invisible as far as the rich man was concerned. There is a real danger that the existence of our neighbor in need is often in jeopardy They are demanding our attention and intruding upon our consciousness and calling on our interest in their need. But we are developing more and better ways of blocking them out. We must not allow our neighbors to become invisible because one day, whether we like it or not, when we need it most, we will have to reckon with them. The God of the Bible is committed to the lot and welfare of our neighbor in need, including the beggar at our gate. The name Lazarus is Greek equivalent for the Hebrew name Eliezer, which means God is my help. And the man, when he dies, is placed at Abraham's side. We need to know that not only is the poor made in the image and likeness of God, but also that God exercises a preferential option for the poor. We know nothing about the rich man, but that he lived in the lap of luxury, and he lived and then he died. We know only about Lazarus, that he was poor and that he had sores, and that he lived next door to the rich man. But when he dies, it says, angels wing him to Abraham's bosom. The very misery of his life, is the signal for the god of justice to come to his aid it is also clear that the testimony of moses and the prophet is one that leads to a sensitivity and a compassion towards our neighbor in need it requires a commitment on our part to protecting the dignity and ending the misery of our neighbor in need every day in every way and without delay This lesson is so clear that if we choose to ignore it, there is no message that will be easier for us to receive, even if someone comes from the dead to warn us. The message of our duty to our neighbor and our brothers and sisters, our fellow human beings, is an inescapable message. It is a compelling message. It is an undeniable message. It weighs upon our consciences. It intrudes upon our reality in a way that is inescapable and undeniable. And more than that, it indicates that our common humanity is bound up together. The beggar was at the gate of the rich man. And when they were separated by chasm on the other side of history, prospects of the rich man's comfort in torment was the very Lazarus, whose misery he had ignored in his lifetime. We are bound up together in life and in death. Therefore, it is an inescapable duty that we have to each other. The misery of others diminishes the luxury and opulence that come our way. We can appear to ignore their misery, but it will bear upon our consciousness and make demands on us long after we have convinced ourselves that we have escaped responsibility for it. We are made from a common tissue as human beings. Someone says, one blood. The demand to respond to the misery in which the other lives cannot mean merely giving them crumbs that fall from our table. It calls us to think about the ordering of things in the world. Why should we live in a world in which one set of people can live in the lap of luxury and another set of human beings live in ongoing misery, longing for the crumbs from their table while dogs are licking their sores? This is how the world is structured, but this is what's wrong with the world. And this is what we must fix about the world. We must begin to imagine a world that pays a just wage. We must seek for and lobby and work towards creating a world in which there is equal access to the services, the resources, the opportunities that are available in our world so that we can guard each man's dignity and preserve each man and each woman's pride this is what we anticipate will mark the new age inaugurated and completed by the coming of jesus as the messiah we must act in political terms we must act in economic terms we must behave socially as if that were already the case until then we must be a people on a mission from which we cannot be deterred. The Lazarus we pass on our way in and on our way out, we will see again in the age when we need someone to quench our thirst and bring us comfort. Let us fulfill our mission to provide them with the goods, good things, In this life, Amen.